They say that home is where the heart is. Maybe that's why so many fall in love with Big Pine Key and Florida's lower keys. With epic ocean views, unspoiled wilderness, sandy beaches, abundant wildlife, RV resorts, and Stock Island's rustic charm. Florida's lower keys don't skip a beat. For more about the lower keys and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash lower keys. Greetings, everyone. You are tuned into the Trust and Believe Nomad Cast. I'm your humble host, retired Master Sergeant Tony. So thank you guys for tuning in here on this Tuesday, this talking on the Tuesday. So looking forward to the conversations that we have today. Hope everyone had a great Monday, and I uh, hope you guys are having a great Tuesday as well as we start getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving, that important time, that first in my opinion, they're really first official holiday of the year in terms of wintertime holidays. Uh, for my opening remarks, I want to talk about people and their lack of respect as it relates to grocery carts in a grocery store or any type of store that has grocery carts, shopping carts. But in an instance, I'm just going to talk about shopping carts. So this morning I went to Kroger as per usual, <laughs> right? And, um, you know, I go down the aisles, man, you know, whenever I push my cart and I see something I want automatically move my cart to the side to which I'm, you know, looking at my food, getting food and everything. And I always notice people when they go down the aisles, they automatically stop the cart and go down to different shelves and the cars like in the middle of the way. Now there's a couple of things that you can do to kind of prevent this and try to, you know, ensure that your shopping speed is not impeded. You can uh, move the cart out the way. You can say, excuse me, could you move your cart or just completely turn around? Um, I've done all three in some instances. I really don't like to move people's carts. It's just, you know, it's just something about that, you know, Again, there's nothing wrong if people do it. Sometimes if I'm in those moods, I'll just do it to the point where it's like, come on, man, move the freaking cart out the way. And some people just don't know. And I look at also who the person is. Usually if it's like an elderly, older person, a mature senior citizen uh, person, a lot of times, you know, you can't, I won't say you can't get mad, but sometimes it's just par for the course, I'm, you know, Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, sir. You know, because you move. And a lot of them say, oh, excuse me, sorry. You know, but in the way. Because a lot of times they're just captivated by what's on the shelf as we are. And a lot of times if it's a young person, it's like, come on, man, move the cart out the freaking way. You know what I mean? Just because you move your cart over. And a lot of times if the aisles are just full of, <laughs> if the aisles are, if it's a shelf here, it's a shelf here with merchandise. And there's carts in the middle. A lot of times I would just turn around. Right. I don't know if anyone ever goes through that, but a lot of times I notice my PTSD stars ramping up because it's like, I'm trying to, I want to get here. I want to get what I got to get. And I want to go home. Right. And a lot of times it's just, you know, so I have to really caution and I have to temper my emotions sometimes. Cause it's, it's all about, you know, you can't expect the you in people, 
you know, again, this common sense is situational awareness. If you're shopping, the card is right here, but you're, you're looking at what's over on this side, on that side, why don't you, you know, nest the cart with what side you're looking at. Again, we are captivated by what we see on the shelves. You know, we love it. I, I know I'm one of them types. I love what's on the shelves and all this other stuff. So just to kind of a rant today, I wonder if anybody ever, you know, thought about that or go through that. I know we all do as it relates to shopping carts. And it's like, I guess the bottom line I want to say is move your carts out the way, people. Just move them out the way. You hear? The cart should go along with you. Just move it out the way, no matter how big or how small. All right, moving on. So today on Talking on a Tuesday, we're going to talk about career changes. And I'm going to provide six ways, six signs to know when it is time for a career change. We all have been through it. We all go through it. No matter if you've been at a job or a position or a career for two hours, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, five years, everyone gets to a point where they ask themselves, is it really worth it? Do I really want to be here? What is keeping me here? What's driving me here? Why am I here anyway? So I'm going to present six, um, six reasons why it pro it's probably time for you to look for a career change. Again, this is just a personal list I put together, just something I was kind of thinking about last night. But uh, I think it'd be good to be a good conversation piece. Again, we've all gone through it. And I always try to align these topics, whether it's a Monday mental combat or talking on a Tuesday or any day, as, as a matter of fact, I uh, always try to line it with something I've been through or gone through. Because I always tell you, it's, it's better to get, you know, the answers from experience of someone that's been there versus someone that hasn't been there. Because I can tell you what it was like foot in the ground, boots on the ground at the grassroots level. All right. So again, so I appreciate it. Today is 2 November 2021. Talking on a Tuesday, y'all. So let's get ready. Let's uh, do what we got to do. Again, support all the podcast platforms. If you want to listen to this via audio, support the YouTube channel, as you can see. So appreciate everything. Continue to keep moving forward in your lives. And let's talk about uh, six ways to, to determine if it's time for a career change. Next up, talking on Tuesday. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Trust and Believe Nomad cast. Welcome back to talking on a Tuesday. And we're going to talk about six ways to determine if it is time for a career change. We've all been there. We've all gotten to the point where you're disgusted with coworkers, how long it takes to get to work. I mean, people at work, work policies, all sorts of things. So we're going to dive into it again. I broke it up into six categories. And just like anything else, this list can be expansive. It's really not limited to anything, really, uh, no matter your occupation, no matter your service, no matter what. This can all coexist together in any means as it relates to jobs, careers, and what have you, right? So again, I broke it down into six categories. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is, are you complaining about work all the time? Now, 
That is critical because when a person, you know, history will tell you when a person complains about something, a lot of people tell you, well, there's a reason why you complain. It could be a you problem or it could be a them problem. But I think a lot of us, we find in our respective careers, some of it may be a you problem, but I think often more times it could be the problem of the culture that's at work. Um, you have different reasons why a person complains. Oh, my boss, I can't stand my boss. He's all, he or she is always implementing something stupid. It just doesn't coexist with intelligence. Or I can't stand being at work. Oh, my coworkers, they talk too much. They always gossiping. Oh, why is the drive at work so long? Why am I doing this? This really makes me sick. There's so many ways you can complain about your job or your career. But then you probably have to ask yourself as you know, we ask ourselves all the time, what is the source of the complaints? Am I the only one complaining about my work environment? If you complain about, well, you know, uh, why am I all, always the one when the mail truck comes in? Why am I always the one to download and offload the mail truck? So then you got to kind of ask yourself, well, what is your job description? Well, my job description is to uh, offload the mail truck. So you're pretty much executing your job position. Oh, yes, I am. So what are you complaining about? Well, it's too much mail. Well, the more mail, the better it serves the post office or wherever you work at. Just using that as an, as an example, you know. So it all depends on where you work. I think we let's look at our the job descriptions first. What's being asked of me before we start complaining about the workload? It's like the example, you know, at McDonald's, you know, like my daughter, she works at a local McDonald's. And a lot of times she'll come home. I won't say it's complaining, but, you know, it's her first job. So that's kind of all she knows. You know, she doesn't have that experience to, to you know, pit that against something else. So she'll say, Oh, you know, it was busy today. It's like people always coming, coming through the drive through people always coming in, in, into the lobby to order food. So then you got to understand, okay, it's a stress involved with that working, you know, fast food. And I've done it as well. A lot of you have done it as well. So it can be very stressful, but then you got to kind of ask yourself if people do not order through drive through, if people don't order online, if people don't um, come through the lobby to order the food, what is the purpose of the establishment? So I get, it. I'm not trying to, you know, downplay complaints because all complaints are valid, but I think probably again, I can take this from personal experience. Maybe we need to look inward and find out what are we really complaining about? What is the source of that complaint? The title of this one is, are you complaining about work all the time? So it could be a myriad of things. Again, you could be blaming the work policies. Why the building is always leaking. It's always leaking in here. Well, I tried to, to contact human resources about my issue with Jerry. Jerry is doing this and that, and I'm making a complaint. You know, the complaints go unheard or uh, the policies are all jacked up. They don't align and nest with the office, you know, the offices, the co corporation's intent. Uh, I'm just giving examples of however the situation is set up. But I think when we complain about work, and again, I've done this throughout my years, complained about, 
leadership. I complained about subordinates. I complained about policies. I complained about duty locations. Some of them I love, some of them I, I couldn't stand. And, but then you always got to kind of ask yourself, what is the source of that complaint? Well, I want to be, I want to join uh, the army. Okay, good. And then you find out two years later, you complain about everything about the army. But at, at the end of the day, you don't want to raise your right hand. Again, I'm just speaking from experience and this can go on to corporate America, to the private sector. There's always going to be something to complain about. Don't get me wrong. I, I complain about a lot of things in life. But I think as you grow and mature, you probably ask yourself, what are, are the complaints valid? Are the complaints just? What can I do to kind of shape and change some of these complaints into solutions? And, you know, the old saying is, you know, if you're going to bring a complaint, bring a solution. A lot of times in these work environments, you know, because a lot of it is due to uh, limitations from the company or the constraints from the company. You may not you may not have any solutions. It may be may not be your job to manufacture or produce solutions. So it all depends. But I thought that was critical. So are you complaining about work all the time? I think, again, we probably have to take a deliberate look and find out what are we really complaining about? Because I've seen in my career uh, and many of you have as well. People and five people complain about you know, the policy on hair, the hair policy. Oh, I can't stand the hair policy. Can't wear your hair too high. Can't wear your hair too long or whatever. So then five people complaining about it. What well, a sixth person just want to go, you know, go along to get along. They're complaining about it too. But what is the complaint about it? Well, you know, you can't wear your hair too high. Well, it's a reason why. Well, you can't wear your hair too long. Well, it's a reason why. Again, just using that as an example. So let's find out. What is the source of that complaint? And maybe there's a solution to that complaint. But if you're constantly complaining about this job, it may be time to look for a career change. All right. The second one, experiencing signs of stress. And I will tell you from personal experience, stress is not just mental. It is physical. So many years throughout the years, I've had workplace stress and I've come back home. My head feels like I've been hit with a freaking sledgehammer. Body is hurting. Stress affects everything from the top of the brain to the bottom of the feet and everything in between. Messes with your heart. Messes with your breathing. Messes it. It, it messes with the way you uh Embrace your children, embrace your family, embrace your co-workers. A lot of stress from particular jobs, a lot of stress is undue. It could be uh, deadline uh, suspenses. Did you meet the deadline? If you work at a radio show, a, a newspaper, or you write articles, hey, I need that article done by 5 o'clock. It is 4.30. Where's the article at? So now you stressing and you know, the, the machine that messed up, the computer that messed up, the keyboard. So many things can go out of whack to produce that stress, to enhance that stress. How do we handle it? You know what I mean? Experiencing signs of stress. There could be a lot of things attributed to that. Again, now it's messing with your health. You've, you've off course with your eating. Now you're eating a bunch of junk food. That could play a role in it as well. Again, workplace policies and procedures Leadership at work, co-workers at work can influence your stress levels for the negative. 
So that's something we definitely have to, you know, kind of hone in and try to ensure that this is not something that's going to have a long-term effect. Cause I can tell you from personal experience, it's still stress that I've had from some units, even though I'm retired, I still feel that stress. I spoke about it when I first started doing this nomad cast, I still feel the case of the Mondays and I've been retired for a year. I still feel like at three o'clock on a Sunday, it is time to start getting ready for Monday mentally and physically. Does every, is everything locked into place that we have this here? Then I have to kind of realize, dude, you ain't got to do this no more. You just got to make sure your wife and kids are going to school and or work. And then you just, you know, come down to the basement and do your podcast. You know what I mean? So still dealing with a lot of those stresses, even after I've been retired for a year. Um, and it can be very painful, man. I, again, I still have, you know, my cholesterol is high. It could be due to stress. I mean, it's a lot of things still getting headaches, my wrist hurt, back hurt, feet hurt, all that due to the career that I had 20 plus years. And a lot of you guys, you know, if you work in the private sector, you work in home business, um, it could be stress involved with that as well. And then that, that lets kind of lets you know, it may be time for a career change. If you do anything and you're seeing negative results from it, right? Especially at the stress level, because that can potentially, you know, kill you in a sense, you know, for lack of better words, it can. Stress can kill you. So we got to find ways to kind of prevent that. But that's one indicator to let you know it may be time for something else. You may not want to deal with the stress of the day to the day to day. You may not want to be on deadlines. You may just want to have your own deadlines, impose your own policies, your own procedures. So now you may say, okay, do I want to go into business? Do I want to do, uh, do I want to work from home? So there's so many avenues that we can use, but stress is definitely an indicator for one, that it may be time for a career change. Now you can go to the person or the situation that uh, imposes that stress and try to handle it that way. But I think now in society, especially since COVID's done happen, you look at the numbers of home-based businesses are increasing. Why? Because the one of the fir the first two that I named, constant complaining about work. People are tired of being tired at work, right? And we'll dig more into that. Uh, the second one again, experiencing stress at work. People are tired of being stressed out at work. They're tired of meeting deadlines. They're tired of dealing with everything in the office or the corporation, the corporation may send something down about a new thing that a new uh, system that we put in place on a Thursday and we expect results on the Friday. That's a stress because now you trying to align yourself with what the company wants to do, but they forgot about the person is actually putting in the work. So that can be a stress as well. The third one I want to talk about, is your job born? Are you getting anything from it? Throughout my career, I've had the, the last few jobs, the assignments that I've had has really uh, challenged me in a sense of going above and beyond. I always speak about Korea being my culminating event as it relates to um, the army and my assignment after Korea, Fort Knox was great, but I think I was already in retirement mode. So I didn't really have, I had the energy that I had in Korea and Japan. 
when I first got the Fort Knox, but then I had to realize the makeup of the unit, the unit, the unit was dynamic. It was a little different. The speed was a little different from what I've been used to years prior. But again, I was already in that mode where, okay, it's time to take a knee and think about the other side of, of life, which means my retirement. But I think, uh, like in Korea, my job wasn't boring because I ain't had time to get bored. I mean, it was constantly just all day, every day. What did they say? 26, 8, 360, 368. I mean, it was constantly doing things. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Uh, but I've had jobs in my military career that I thought was just boring. I tell you, I was the battalion safety uh, NCO when I was at Fort Urban, California from 2005 to 2007. I won't say that job was born, but it really didn't challenge me because I was don't I was in an office with myself. I was a sergeant E five and I had two warrant officers, two W fours, who was already out the door in terms of retirement. So all we used to do was go around, take pictures of units training, units doing the um regeneration operations, their reset operations, uh we go to the weapons ranges, take pictures and report it to our battalion commander. Right. So if you have any type of intellect and you're very articulate, that's a very easy thing to do. You come up with slides and all this other stuff. But then just to get back to the point, is your job getting boring? Are you doing anything in your job that stimulates excitement? Your job is not born when you wake, when you go to bed that night before you go to work. And you're excited about, man, I can't wait to do this tomorrow. Oh, I got Project X I got to work on. And so many times I used to always get excited the night prior to maybe a brief or some type of uh, system I want to implement. My subordinates, peers, or whoever, something I was looking forward to. But I think a lot of times people make career changes because they're not stimulated with their job. Again, you always ask that question, what am I even doing here? I think that's probably one of the biggest ones people ask. What am I really doing here? Well, I work in the mail room or I'm a clerk or I'm this and that. If you can't find anything to do within your job that you deem boring, that may be an indicator that it's time to challenge yourself and do something else in terms of career change. What is a boring job? How is your job boring? That's something that you have to define. What can you do to implement things in, within your job to not make it boring? And then if you can't do that, if you ask yourself that question, it may be time for a career change. Cause a lot of times, again, we, people, we just get fed up. And I think now, again, I don't want to keep, you know, talking COVID, but I think COVID has really challenged us as a society. But I think more importantly, COVID has challenged the historical hierarchy of work, the, the, the traditional way of going to work, the brick and mortar style of going to work. COVID has really challenged that. 
because when people were at home performing uh, teleworking, I think everyone realized, hey, I can do everything that I do at work. I can complete all my tasks. I can meet all my deadlines. And then I still have time to think, to do things I want to do. Because it's easy to multitask. You can put yourself on the Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever service the teleworkers are using. And you find yourself doing other things while you're working. Now, usually, you know, of course, during the meeting, you know, you got to be kind of locked in and focused on the task at hand. But then, okay, if the meeting, hey, we're going to have a a planning meeting. We're going to have a strategy meeting at freaking 10 o'clock. Make sure you guys are on Zoom. You lock in, you you brief your piece or you listen to whatever's going on. Then after that, it's just work. You find yourself just working and you're enjoying it because you're at home. You're doing things. You have time to do other things in life. So then that's why you got to ask yourself, is it really boring? I think a lot of people that was teleworking really enjoyed what they were doing. Probably one reason because they wasn't at home. You didn't have to see the boss all day. You have to deal with the coworkers. You was at home and you were still, and if you was blessed to have a functional household where the husband or the wife, you know, can, could do other things within the household while you were at work. That's a plus. That's a combat multiplier. So that was the third one is your job born. And are you getting anything of it? Anything from it? The fourth one I want to talk about, is it difficult to leave the house in the morning? And you probably can even add something, a subtitle to that. Is it difficult to wake up in the morning? Again, I tell you from personal experience in my last year, probably two years, I used to always, even, even before then, when I had challenge positions, sometimes you ask yourself, I do not feel like getting up. It, it feels like I just went to sleep. Why is this alarm clock going off? And I'm a morning person. So in any time I would get upset that it's early morning, I knew it was a problem. And a lot of it was dictated on whatever we were doing, whatever mission was going on that day. But when you ask yourself, is it difficult to leave the house in the morning, especially on those cold, miserable, rainy mornings when your car is in the garage or if your car is outside, and you warming that vehicle up, you go out there and everyone does this and you sit in that car. <laughs> you sit in that car for like five, 10 minutes and you ask yourself, do I really want to leave out this driveway? Cause my house is right here and my bed is right here and I want to be in it. It is difficult. It is definitely hard. It is definitely challenging. But when you get to a point where you're not enjoying leaving a home, leaving your house every day to provide a service that you're paid, that you have a salary and getting paid to, uh, to perform. That may be the question you want to ask. It may be time for a career change. It may be, I know it was challenging for folks that were doing teleworking for like a year due to COVID. And then all of a sudden now they got to ramp up and go back to work. I know it can be very challenging. My wife experienced that, you know, doing the telework and then all of a sudden, Hey, you got to go back to work. It can be extremely challenging. I used to look on her face and you could just tell, yep. I'm, she much rather be in the bed. She much rather be home. And, and it can be, um, cause even like w- with us, you know, military folks, we go on leave 
you go and leave for like 30 days or whatever. And then you come back and it's time to go to work that next day off leave. It could, you could be asking yourself, is it, I don't want to do this no more. I am so tired of dealing with the things I'm dealing with. And then now you got to ask yourself if it's really difficult to leave work. I mean, if, if it's difficult to leave home, it may be time for a career change. It may be time to look in the mirror and say, you know what? Again, let me try to challenge myself mentally to do something else, you know, and I'm going to speak on that once I get to the end. Number five, <laughs> and it's something that we all deal with and we have no control over is questionable co-workers. I'm going to say that again. Questionable co-workers. We all have those type of people, and I have to close my eyes and raise my hands in the air when I say this. I've had so many people in my career, just like you guys have, that I couldn't stand. But some, but you, unless you're the hiring manager or you're the person that puts that person in place, you have no control over it. Dealing with a questionable coworker takes that. Oh, it takes prayer. It takes patience. It's taking a deliberate approach to not, you know, put yourself in a situation where you end up going to jail or prison. I tell you, because it's sometimes, man, you you ask yourself, man, are you really God's child? You know, you got to really ask yourself these questions. Cause I've had some. I had this one particular individual. I'm not going to say the name or rank, but the people that in Korea, they probably know who I'm talking about. I had this one person. Oh, I cannot stand the sight of this person. I will walk in the office, see the person's car there, just the voice, the sound, the smell. Oh, but the thing about it, I was in the position of influence. So I didn't really, I didn't have to really deal with him on a one-on-one. Uh, the person was in our, in our office. Uh, so I, yeah, I had to deal with it. Cause you know, we used to have our own internal meetings and everything. And, uh, but you know, sometimes man, you just, Everyone doesn't jive together. And, you know, we can all say we sing Kumbaya and we do all that. Sometimes, man, people just don't get along. It's just the way it is. And, you know, you got to take a, take a look in the mirror and see what is the reason why I can't stand this individual? What is the reason why? Shoot, they may not can stand you. So a lot of times it's really not you may be the co-worker they can't stand. But just for just to keep this in, in, in frame and in context of what we're talking about, it is very difficult with coworkers. And if you get to a point where just say you have your introvert, like myself, I consider myself an introvert. I'm, I can be very friendly and I can have extrovert tendencies, but I think I am a homegrown uh, introvert and, and I'm, I'm fine with it. And I've had, again, these questionable coworkers, but if you ask yourself, do I really want to be around people? I'd rather, you know, fly this plane solo versus having 15 pilots. You know what I mean? And if you get to the point where you don't want to work around people, are you tired of dealing with God's children? <laughs> you know, it may be time to look for a career change because I'm telling you, it could be very difficult pulling up in the parking lot and you seeing that car that you can't stand because that car represents the person you can't stand. So we got to find ways. But if you get to a point again, where you, you don't like this person and this person, not that you're scared of this person or this person, you know, has power over you. 
maybe in a boss term power, but no one, remember, I want to say this. No one has power over you. You can change everything within. You can spin this thing around, but a lot of times it seems like you're trapped. We're trapped. We're dealing with a person, especially if you got to work with this person for a year, two years, sometimes even seven minutes can seem like 10 years. Um, if you have a questionable coworker, that may be a sign that may be time for career change. Now that can't be the only thing that makes you want to leave your career. But I think, you know, if it's the sum of all parts, then it may be time for career change. The last one I want to talk about is probably one of the most critical ones because this one can influence all the other five I just spoke about invertebrate leadership. Now notice invertebrate and what is an invertebrate? It doesn't possess a backbone. If you have spineless leadership and you have boneless leadership, that can definitely has a, it has a direct influence on the other five. I just mentioned, if you have that person who doesn't stand up to management, now they're your leader, they're in charge of you, but if they don't stand up to management and more importantly, don't stand up for you in front of management. Now you got to kind of ask yourself, okay, he's putting all these systems in place and he putting all these systems in place to make me do this. But when it's time to take care of me, he doesn't, he or she doesn't do that. You know, I've, I've been blessed with super, super duper leaders. I know super duper is like a elementary term. I've been blessed with super duper, super leaders, man, throughout my career. And I've had some that did not possess a, a vertebrae that was incapable of making decisions, um, that crumbled under pressure. You know, so you got to ask yourself, that may be the main reason why you want to leave. May want to make a career change because is that person really here for the greater good? Because a leader, you're supposed to be a servant leader. You're supposed to be all about selfless service. All those, you know, those things that we want to embody a person. That's what a leader should be. But more often than not, we don't get those. We get that invertebrate. I can't talk, but I tried to put your, your leave form in, but I don't know if they're going to approve it. No, your job is to send it up. You're not an approving official. Your job is to send it up because I'm requesting it because every time you want something done, I do it. I execute everything you want me to do. Why can't you stand up for me for this? What about the single mother who has to get off early, 20 minutes early, just to pick up the child at daycare? Cause she got to go across town because that's the cheapest daycare that they find. If my boss can't stand up for me, you know, in the face of management, Hey, this is the reason why I let my worker leave early because she has to go across town to get, get her child. It's the cheapest daycare. I mean, you can explain you can, you know, any situation can align with this. If you don't, if you're not that type of leader or you don't have that type of leader, that's willing to go to bat for you in the face of management, in the face of adversity, in the face of un being uncomfortable. That may be the indicator, probably the probably the, the key and primary indicator that it's time for you to make a career change. Because we always, we all, we will all want to be in the environment where 
there's structure. But within that structure, there's a hierarchy that's supposed to protect that structure and people within that structure to ensure, ensure the structure isn't crumbled. But I, time and time again, I think what's happening now, the leaders that we had in the past, whether it's military, civilian, what, whatever, whatever uh, occupation it is, we don't have that anymore because the leaders are younger. And are we teaching the leaders to be leaders? Because the leaders should be all about selfless service. What is, what is, I want to do everything for the greater good. The organization is bigger than me. It's bigger than us. But also, also with that, you have to understand what are your workers, your employees, your subordinates, your peers. You still have to take care of them because you want them to run through a brick wall for you. You want them to, you know, meet these suspenses and, and make sure these deadlines are met. But you can't do nothing for them. So if you find yourself in that situation, it may be time for you to look for a career change. It may be time. Man, this has been great. I can expand upon this. So again, just to kind of recap, talk about six reasons where you can determine a career change, where you should make a career change. Again, the first one is, are you complaining about work all the time? Are you experiencing signs of stress? Is your job boring? Is it difficult to leave the house in the morning? Do you have questionable coworkers? And do you have invertebrate leadership leadership that has no spine, no bone incapable of making decisions in critical times. And I think without, with all those six, with those six, I just mentioned, I would think probably number six is probably the most important about leadership because that leadership affects all. And I take, you know, personal pride with the leadership. I'm not saying I've always been the best leader. You know, I told the story about being a toxic leader, but I think that's probably one, one in the instance. I think the majority of the time, if you can ask the poll, everyone that's been subordinate to me, even peers or superiors, I think I've done, you know, uh, a capable of job and probably even more than capable of taking care of people and just being that leader, being out front, being able to front line, wanting the front line in the face of adversity in the face of critical decision-making. Those are the people that you want. And if you can't take care of that person, or if you are in a position where you want to be taken care of in that way, and you find that your leader is an invertebrate incapable, that may be, that may be the time to, to look at a career change because we all know what we want in the leader. We all know what we want in a job. We all know what we want in the coworker, the coworker. You can't really, you can kind of change the situation. Cause I think you probably can talk to the coworker and say, Hey, I'm having issues with you X, Y, and Z. How do we make this work? We don't have to, we don't have to love each other, but God dog, we got to kind of like each other to make this thing work. Right. So I appreciate everyone here. I kind of enjoyed this topic. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. And that's what I want to do on talking on Tuesday. Just make a random topic and just, uh, conversate on it. So that was pretty cool. So again, this was talking on a Tuesday, six ways to determine if it is time for a career change. Um, hope we all got something out of it. It was fun kind of just talking about it and there may be some points that I missed and that's okay. Right? Cause again, this thing is, is ever expansive. We can, can you know, add, continue to add and add and add on to this and probably a, a sub topic we could talk about, uh, if it's time for a career change 
ways to determine a career change. Are you considering retirement or what's another one considering retirement and making another career change laterally. So you can do, just say you a male, you work in the office, you work in the mail room, but you may want to do something else within that organization. You like the organization. You just don't like your leadership or your people. Let's make a lat move and work in that same organization, but in a different field. So again, we could talk about that as well. So again, today is two November, 2021. Appreciate it. Um, you guys continue to subscribe to the mic, to the retired master Sergeant 20 and listen to my podcast on Apple, Spotify's and Google's and all the et cetera's continue to support. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the subs, the comments, appreciate everything. You guys are awesome. Again, this is fun. This is my therapy. I will always say this is my therapy. So I'm enjoying it. So see you guys tomorrow for way back Wednesday. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe. Have a great Tuesday. See y'all tomorrow, y'all. Hey, football fans. The action is about to begin. The moment we've all been waiting for. Are you game day ready? Because it's time to raise your pint of Guinness. Here's to the kickoff and a great year that's still ahead. Let's keep looking out for each other. And remember, good things are in our grasp. Game time is Guinness time. Cheers. Please enjoy responsibly. Guinness imported by Diageo Beer Company, USA, New York, New York.